Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Adrian Black. Adrian joined me from Valencia, Spain, and talks us through his journey from the US to China, where he started working on an English teaching program. From the early ensemble days of open mics with co-workers, to playing with countless different bands on the weekends, Adrian was lucky enough to hone his skills and make a name for himself in the local scene. We talk about the numerous opportunities that expats have abroad, compared to being at home, as well as how Adrian got into drumming in his younger days. We get into musical inspirations, playing in house bands and expanding your musical vocabulary, as well as Adrian's main project in Valencia, the band A-Trick, and how to grow a following organically. We wax lyrical about our shared appreciation of Charles Bradley, social media marketing, it's more fun than it sounds, and making that move as an expat. In the top five, we feature Kanye, reggaeton, playing gigs in football stadiums and on the big stage at festivals, Hotel California, the music of Taras Riley, and a super selection from Adrian's own New To Me playlist. Without further ado, Adrian Black. When I was in university, I wanted to study abroad. So I've always been into traveling, even in like second grade. My second grade teacher thought I was going to be like a geologist. I was obsessed with like globes and like spinning globes and just like stopping at a place like, oh, I want to go there. Like what's in Romania? So that was my my early exposure to like the world and just like always just being fascinated with globes. So then fast forward, I am 25 I just finished university. I didn't study abroad because lots of reasons. And then uh, I'm living in Durham, North Carolina at the time. And my ex-girlfriend, she was working at the University of North Carolina and she heard about this teaching program to move to China. And I was like, oh man, that's right up my alley. I was studying Wing Chun at the time, or Young Chun, depending on what language Mm. you speak, um, which is a Chinese martial art created by a lady who was just tired of getting her, I don't know if I can curse, her hind parts whipped (laughs) by her husband. So she she and one of her masters created this martial art. And I was studying that at the time and always been into Chinese philosophy, whether it be Sun Tzu or Lao Tzu or Confucius. Mm. And so I heard about this opportunity to go to China. I'm like, I got to see it. I want to go. So I signed up as to be a teacher. I was getting my master's in social work at the time. I stopped playing music. I was just producing like for some friends. I wasn't really playing at all. And I was studying full time, working as a, a mental health intensive in-home counselor for like youth and families. So like really thick, really heavy work every day, you know, um, helping people like work, work through their issues, understand their issues a little bit better. And uh, heard about this opportunity to go to China. I'm like, all right, I'm dropping all of that, going to China. It was great. I got there. It was weird. So as you know, as somebody from the West who moves to Asia, you know, I, you stand out immediately. <laughs> like as soon as you, everywhere you go, you stand out like a sore thumb. 
that grew on me. I, I grew to like that part of it. And in my teaching program, it was like 150 different teachers from all over the U.S. and mostly from the West. There were some from uh, the U.K. and Europe, but mostly it was teaching from the States. And uh, some of the other teachers were musicians. And we were like, our leaders, our RAs, was like, man, I, I got this bar. We play, you know, we host this open mic. You know, we should start a band. Like, we should all start playing music. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's do it. And so our first band, my first band in China was like 10 people. We were like the Wu-Tang. <laughs> <laughs> the Wu-Tang of like open mics. It was like 10 people and we never all played together. It was like we had like four different four or five different duos that we would put together. Like nobody played all together at the same time. So it was like 10 different people, but only like three or four of us played a song together because we just had like a cajon, two mics and an acoustic guitar between 10 people. <laughs> a lot of so, right. So, but, uh, but we would always fill out the bar. The bar was called Rap Sky and may it rest in peace. Fill it out every Saturday night because it was already a hundred people. We would bring by ourselves and the bar capacity maybe was like 150. So like, you know, you bring all the teachers, you already fill out the bar. I think that's why they hired us. We weren't really that good. <laughs> Not for but the that one was my, trying though, eh? Right. That was my first paying gig in China. And then I realized like, hey, I was living in Shenzhen, Shenzhen, China in the South, right across the border from Hong Kong and uh, one hour south of Guangzhou. So in that area, if people don't know, if we don't know much about that area, that's like the most populated area in the whole world. Like within a two mile radius, I mean, two hour, you know, plus or minus like 100 million plus people in that area. You know, if you count Hong Kong, Hong Kong population, Shenzhen population, Guangzhou, and then all the areas in between, it's like 100 million plus people. Because these are these are real mega cities, mega structures, everything's pretty much new as well right it's everything in Shenzhen they just had their 40 year anniversaries coming up and it's already like 20 million people in that city like it's incredible it's incredible what they can do what they do so man just going to China like having this amazing eye-opening experience like being on the complete opposite side of the world as an American as a person from the states as an African-American especially and I leaned into that you know I used that you know, as to create opportunities for me. Like I play soul and funk music and R&B and hip hop. China really brought my horizons. You know, I started playing country. I started playing bluegrass. I started playing metal. I started playing everything because like, as a drummer, you know, like it's not a lot of pretty good drummers around. It's like, oh yeah, you want to drum? You want to play for my rando <laughs> metal band? It's like, yeah, sure. What's it pay? Okay, great. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and from there on, I was working every weekend, playing country bars, started singing John Denver, you know. <laughs> well, I've I heard mean, a couple of stories about country roads, right? And uh, yes. it was something to do with uh, Richard Nixon, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Really? That's where it came from? Yeah, maybe when he, visited, yeah, when he visited China in the, was it 72 or 73 or so? I think that's wow. where it came okay. from. So that's where. Another, oh, anyway, long story, but that's a part of yeah. why it's quite popular. Well, it is. It, it might is. be the only song they knew at that time right now, so with English lyrics in it. And especially being from Virginia, everybody's just like, the first thing they go is like, country like country roads. I'm like, no, that that's West Virginia. That's, that's not the even, other bit. It's not, even, it's not even the same. It's not even the same. But man, it was just, in the beginning, it was a lot more crazy and wild, like, uh, you know, parties and raves and 
and just like good times, an amazing experience. And then like, you know, some people passed away, you know, things got a little crazy in the scene. It got, got some international exposure and the Chinese people, they don't, they don't like to be embarrassed. So government started stepping in and shutting a lot of that stuff down. And it's changed a lot since then, especially in Xinjiang, but just the whole country in general, because it kind of all, it happened everywhere in Beijing and Shanghai happened the same. And it's changed a bit, but it's still just such a great place to like play music for people who like hungry for something different on something new and who are very like inquisitive but that's where I, that's how i ended up in china how long were you there for uh, in total adrian almost nine years maybe it's not nine a bad years. stretch man no no nine years and i and i only left because i had to i got kicked out <laughs> happens to the so, best of us eh? yeah it was time it was my time I met my lovely wife in china and we got married in hong kong and so i had a very lucky beautiful pleasurable chinese experience would you say like i think for most people who don't maybe have the opportunity to to visit asia particularly uh -huh. you know these are some of the opportunities that uh, if you're an expat and you're involved in whatever kind of performing thing you do music or drama whatever it is but there's a lot of these kind of opportunities out there for for us expat types right you know you as i said you're going you're a bit more proactive maybe you went and kind of found them for yourself but definitely right. people will look because i yeah i have some other stories as well about doing tv things or samsung, right. samsung advertisements or i was in a i was in a disney frozen promo thing and uh, uh, yeah, let's oh, go yeah <laughs> so i mean it's like yeah okay if someone told yeah, you this at the very it's, beginning, it's, it's just that it wouldn't, it wouldn't it's make It's insane. Sense. That part about it is insane, man. Like the, I got to work with like Anna Wintour, Gyla Roach. Like I did a show for them. I did a show for this Australian fashion brand. I did a show. I did uh, some backing stuff for like a Huawei commercial. I did a couple of DJ, DJI commercials. And then not to mention like the countless other Chinese brands that like nobody ever heard of, but I'm right. sure like I'm on the internet everywhere. Like, <laughs> um, like okay. modeling for like Taobao, like clothing companies, jewelry companies, like, yeah, for real. Like it's insane. Especially like if you have a unique look, I mean, when you're just Number one, when you're different in China, when you're not Han Chinese, you're automatically different. And you're so that's a billion people right there. So you're already <laughs> different than the other billion people <laughs> right. living there. Especially maybe where we're from, like being from the States, being from Scotland, like, you know, so much competition. So much competition for for entertainment gigs that, you know, sometimes it's just a bidding war, the lowest price wins. And when the lowest price is free, you can't beat that. It's like no matter how bad it is, it's free. Yeah, you know, like whatever, let them do it. But so it's hard to compete sometimes or, or you're either like competing for free gigs or like you're at the upper echelon. Like it's hard to have like to survive in the middle. It's not easy. I was going to say there's no the happy medium, man. In the West. I mean, well, specifically in the States. But in Spain, I've been able to do it. I do have a day job though. Like, so it's, I'm half full time with music, half day job, but I work from home. So it's remote. Still got to it's pay nice. the bills somehow, right? Nice life. Yeah. What got you into music in the first place, Adrian? You come from a musical family or was it just something you, you kind of gravitated towards as a, a younger man, you know? Not that you're particularly old, of course. My mother is a singer. She's a choir director. My whole family sings. My, my grandma sings. My sister's an amazing singer. She's, and so is my aunt. But they just do it for religious purposes. Uh, sure. So in Southern Baptist Church, every Sunday, you know, two, two times a week, you get an opportunity to sing. Sing in rehearsal and you can sing you know, at, at service. So start performing early. I remember I was four years old and I wanted to be in the choir and they wouldn't let me because the rule was you had to be five. So um, uh, I remember have, waiting like patiently for my fifth 
my fifth birthday so that I could join the choir. So music has been part of my life forever. I, I started, and not just like singing too. So I started playing a drum set maybe around eight in church. You know, we had four drummers in my church. We would rotate every Sunday. Every every drummer had a particular so you choir. You once a month and it's not that they play for. Yeah. So you got, you got to play once a month. You got paid. You got a little so healthy like from, competition with the other guys as well, right? The and exactly. Right I remember yeah. I couldn't play the kick pedal at first and there was a young lady <laughs> There was a young lady, she was younger than me, but she was more advanced. We had a female drummer at our oh, church right. too, but she she used to play the kick for me and I would play the hi-hat and the snare. I remember that like in the very beginning, like somebody else would have to play the kick for me just because I just couldn't do it. But eventually, you know, I learned and, and I got a lot of practice. I started doing uh, African dancing and drumming around the same time, around six, seven years old. I had a teacher in my school who's uh, really into like West African culture and she was in an adult team and she was like, I want to bring this to my students. And so she started a, a group in my school and every morning we used to jam. It was great. I didn't know this is what I was doing at the time. I didn't know I was jamming every morning for school. But like it was like five of us, like we had the African xylophone. And then we all had gym bays and we would just jam every morning before school started, before you had to report to your homeroom. But I had no oh. idea like how lucky I was. I was going to say and most people would, uh, yeah, that's not usually how most school days start, right? So you, you're, no. you're, off good, you're off to a good one there, man. I, man, I got such a great start. I also started uh, peer mediating at the time, which is like students at the school would help other students like work out their problems, basically counseling for mm. kids. <laughs> and so like I got to start on both of my careers, like really early, helping people and like playing music and jamming and acting and all that stuff. So it was great. So lucky. Had no idea. And I was actually into the really poppy hip hop stuff. I was into like Bad Boy, P Diddy, Mace, and then May I remember Mace was like my first favorite rapper, Mason Betha, Murder Mace. But really into the Bad Boy sound. Like I gravitated to like Cruz, I guess. I was into Bad Boy, and then I was into like Nelly and like Saint Lunatics. I remember Nelly, right? It was crazy. This is the past one. Right? Yeah, bro. I, I love Nelly. I was a big Nelly fan. Used to wear the headbands and the right? jerseys. And- <laughs> Big into Nelly. And then I have Joe Button. I was became a big a fellow podcaster. <laughs> became a big Joe Button fan for a while. He was my favorite rapper at the time. I, funny story. First tape that I bought myself was Eminem Slim Shady LP. That was the first tape I bought myself. It's not a bad place to start, man, you know. Amazing. That, <laughs> right, for me, that album is a classic. One, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool. classic. I mean, it's the best one out of all of them. It, no offense, Eminem, but that was the best one. I think also, it was just so different at the time as well, though. I mean, not not just his look or where he comes from or his background, but the like everything. Pretty his unique. branding was spot on. His branding was, I mean, he his marketing, his target marketing, he targeted people, right people. I mean, this, the way he released the singles, I mean, everything about it was just Interscope's best work. <laughs> and having Dr. Dre involved, you know, never hurts. True. Uh, exactly. So big into Eminem. And I remember the first the first tape that someone bought me was the Usher, Usher's first album. The Usher, well, not his first album, the, the Usher album um, with the U on the front. And so I was a big Usher fan, wanted to dance like him. My first favorite singer was probably, it's sad to say it now, it's really sad to say it, but R. Kelly was my first favorite singer. And throughout a lot of my life, he was like my biggest, one of my biggest vocal and songwriting inspirations. And to, you know, so that, that's a, bu- that's a blow, that's a blow. <laughs> 
to the right. R&B community, I mean, I mean, I for think, sure. I think you're probably not alone in that respect. There's probably a lot of people of a for similar sure. age that grew up in that era. For sure. And, uh, had the same kind of, uh, the same feeling or the same, you know, you, you just you just got it, right? Right. And living as an expat, you kind of get uh, a little taste of that. Like a taste of you can kind of do almost anything you want and almost kind of get away with it. And there's not a lot of like immediate repercussions until you cross the line, like you cross a, a serious line. At, that was my experience, like watching and being a, a exp- an extrovert expat that knew a lot of other expats. So. The, the reason I ask is you, you were just telling us like uh, five, 10 minutes ago about some of the genres or some of the bars that you played or you've filled in for right. people or you were the, the go-to drummer for various all sorts of uh, bands and outfits and but it was right. uh, what was the video I saw it was uh, I just had to google it because I can't remember who sang it but it was uh, Kings of Leon right yeah and it was a kind of re let's call it a reinterpretation or a reworking yeah nice it wasn't Six yeah. on Fire it was the other one uh, you Love somebody some, you somebody that's it right I love that song so yeah that was that's been part of my like experience like coming and uh, being in a house band I think that was the main thing. Being in a house band where like people show up to a bar, show up to a club, and they want to hear everything. They want to hear Coldplay. They want to hear Bruno Mars. They want to hear uh, Kings of Leon. They want to hear ACDC. They want to hear, you know, uh, Bulls on Parade, Rage Against the Machine. You know, like, yeah. you never know what, what people will be into that night. If it's Wu-Tang, if it's Drake. You know, like, and so like being in a house band and when you care, when you care about, cause you can be in a house band, you, know, you show up every night, you get paid, whatever, like you play whatever you want to play. Like people do it all over the world every night. It's not a problem. But then you can like, you know, my approach to it is like, if I'm going to be in a house band, I want to be like the house that everybody wants to go to on the weekend. Like we're going to the brew because those guys are sick. So that's, that was my goal all the time. My musical vocabulary expanded so much, and I'm so thankful, again, for those experiences because, you know, just being exposed, like, I didn't listen to the Beatles growing up, and, like, to know their significance in music, you like, you don't understand until you understand. Like, for me now, I always think, this one one weird thing about me is that I always think about, what songs would I sing if I go on, like, The Voice? You know, because, like, on these shows, you have to, like, can't just sing your own genre all the time, like, they make you, you sing you all these other genres. The, you got to expand. You got to be, you got to be able to make it you, but then still like be able to sing like country or sing metal. Like I'm thankful for those experiences because now like I have go to songs in every genre. Like oh, I got to sing a rock song this week. Give me the Pixies. Like I'm gonna sing the Pixies. Where's my mind? And I'm a killer. Choice. <laughs> you know, like because I've done it so many times. Or like yeah. give me creep. Give me creep. Or I got to sing like a slow like solemn song. Give me like hallelujah. Oh, it's a RIP week. Like I got to do somebody that's dead. Like give me audio slave. Like so. Like now I have the experience, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. You ever tried out for any of those shows? Like no, in, in because your time? they take your rights. They take your rights. But they, like, they take so everything, right? That's it. They you, take they, everything. They give you the exposure, as it were, and right. They, they I mean, that exposure goes a long way. Definitely. I'm, but and I'm in a. And I, I, I'm actually the closest I've ever been to people going through that right now. Like a lot of the other singers that have been singing here in Valencia for a while, like a lot of them auditioned for The Voice Spain this year. There's like three of the like top singers from my city on the show. So they're kind of like all going through that experience. I kind of get to like live vicariously through them. Uh, but nah, I don't think I'm into it. I think I just think I want my fame the old fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> 
And you, you want to pocket the change, right? You know, I mean, you might right. have to share a bit here and there. But I'm already in a band. You got to split the money four ways already. Sure. So that's already <laughs> already a problem. And I'm married. That's five ways. We all got to eat, right? Remember that. Yeah, one. for that's sure. It. No, I'm for uh, for my band and my wife and and for you, Mr. Craig, for having me on. Can't find my way home. Let's get it. What about the the next step, then, Adrian? What are you working on in Spain? I started a band. We started a band um, with some Berkeley graduates, some really talented guys that are also from the States. One guy, his name is Kevin. He's a bass player, producer, Berkeley graduate. Just like, hey, got some stuff. You want to write on it? So uh, write on this song for me. And so I wrote on it and it's coming out this Black Friday, actually. The first song we wrote together is called Cause I Get Lonely. And the band is called A Trick. So when I got here, that was 2020 early, March, April, May, around that time. I leave China in November of 2020. So that's like maybe six months in between. I get here. I meet Kevin. I, he introduces me to Manu, who I already knew. But Manu, he has his own studio, L Spot Studio. Manu's a guitar player. And then we brought in Dre, who's a drummer, who's also from the States, from Maryland. And we started a band. So yeah, just like been studying so much about like music, music marketing, social media marketing, and like really like trying to like tap into that and like grow a following organically. Haven't ran any ads or anything, just been trying to do everything organically, like and and meet community like-minded people like yourself and just expand and like share my truths, share our story. And it's been just beautiful, man. The one thing that's been really helpful is that uh if you're new, so this is the perspective I've I've had to do twice, like as a new musician moving into a community as an expat. It's tough, but what I learned to do is that I went to a bunch of jams. You always find all the jams in the city, especially ones that are like specifically in your genre. Go to them. Don't perform the first time. Just watch and see who the movers and shakers are. See who are the people in the scene. Introduce yourself, you know, and then like from there, you know, more and more opportunities opened up. I would say now I have an agent Super Musica, and they get us gigs, you know, private gigs and weddings. And, and that's how another way to pay the bills. That's what I'm working on now. A-Trick, A-Y-T-R-I-C-K, VLC on Instagram. That's where the party at. I was going to say the new song, right? Because this is the, the video that's just... Just came out last week or the week before? Well, that we just released a new October. song. We're trying to put out a new song every month. So we just put out Human, which is our third single. And it's like a really funky, jazzy, soul, Very. like fusion... Fusion type record. Our first record all around was very soul, kind of jazzy. A little bit of fusion, but not so like out there jazzy. But uh, And then the second record was a hip hop record. And so we're kind of like trying out different sounds, seeing what people gravitate to. And this last one has been very funky, very but very fusion. And so the next one is a totally like love song, total love song, total ballad. If you want to write a good song, write a song about loneliness. Everybody knows loneliness. Everybody experiences it. They always kill. So I'm hoping my, my song does, our song does well as well. So we'll see. The video I saw, I'll be honest, I can't remember the name of the song, but no, the, it's just, it's just on your Facebook page, the one that you just put out recently and it's done in the studio. Yeah. The, sound, the sounds really unique, man. You just described it really well. They're kind of slightly kind of jazz tinged, but quite soul R and B stuff like that. Some really cool. Uh, that's what we, that's kind of what we gravitate towards. That that's the, the sound that we want to get. And a trick like, and you got a whole uh, some, section as well. Yeah, yeah, that was a that was a blessing for sure. Those were some guys that collaborated through Hosley. Hosley was the lead guy who wrote the parts, and uh, he asked his friend Tony to get involved. They came in, and then David 
played the keys. He made it spooky, spooky nation. That's what we say. But yeah, man, that, that record coming together was really, really not my first time kind of like, like that. Cause in China, like I made my own, um, to bring it kind of full circuit, I made my own like electronic stuff. I produced my own stuff. Like most of it was electronic. I would have some friends come in and like maybe layer some like, I had a friend layer mandolin, layer some sax, layer stuff like that, but never like a full organic project, at least my music. But then now with A Trick, it's been able to like, Really explore that, like, soul, Charles Bradley, Robert Glasper. I'm glad you mentioned Charles Bradley there. When I'm a Love big, Charles. I'm a big Charles Bradley fan myself, man. You know, the, the film, Guy the documentary oh. film is fantastic. It's last. Facts. Oh, but yeah, the Charles Bradley documentary, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, then they should individual legend. in so many ways. It's called Soul of America. Okay, he is a legend. That is his story. His story is out of this world. It inspires me every time I think about it. Every time. Right, I totally agree with you, man. Like the even since we're talking about lonely songs and all that, I mean if you hear his yeah. version of changes. Oh because right. it's, it's the theme song for Big Mouth, so that his version of changes. Oh man! But there's a performer Heart. as well. I mean, oh God, when I could talk about Charles Bradley for ages, I don't know why. But legend, you, you pure, of, uh... yeah, definitely one of my biggest inspirations at this point, and just like what I take to the stage and what I try to give to people. But you, you mentioned a... some. No, oh, I'm sorry, just no, no, cut you off. On. Hold on to that. Um, mm. Documentary book, especially for drummers to read. Uh, the Quest Love book. Have you ever read that one? That's a great one. I think you would like that one. I'll add that one to my Kindle and I'll have it. Yeah, the Quest Love book. Myself at Christmas, you know. Because he, I mean, he is a, a thinker and like just a just a student of the game. So like his book is really. He has some great Prince stories, Eddie Murphy stories. Like you know, a lot of people like in that community, Neo Soul, D'Angelo, mm. Erica Badu stories. Like the whole Philly Neo Soul scene. Yeah, like he was in the heart of it. So yeah, great book. No, you mentioned something the other about kind of trying to find. Uh, your audience organically through social media and stuff, but right. a conversation that I often have with guests is the just how congested it is out there, or just how how much choice there is for mm. not one is mean how much choice for consumers, but also as creators, content creators, artists, musicians, right. and so on. But it's it's like here today, gone tomorrow kind of thing. There's almost this kind of right. disposable nature to it. You know, you put your thing out right. there, you spend all this time creating it, you give it all you've got, and then it goes out there, and then it's gone, right? It's literally, right. that's what it feels like to me. I don't mean that. Sure. I know that sounds a bit dramatic or a bit negative. But no, it is. It, it is like that. I mean, it's art. So it's like you put, as an artist, you plow your heart and your soul into these recordings or it's content in general. And then you look at the stats, you know, a week later and it's like, well, and that's it, you know? And then like yeah. a week later, nobody cares anymore. And it's like, no. if you didn't capitalize on that week. And so for me, I'm trying to like find the ways to like milk that content and like, not just make everything about this big content piece, but like tell the whole story, how we got, how we got to the single and why we have the single. And then like what's come of it since then. So like tell the whole story of the song, what I've been trying to learn and do. I study uh, a lot of great YouTube coaches. Two guys I like the most right now are Jesse Cannon, Museformation. His channel is great. And Damien Keys, DK NBA. DK Music Business Academy is great. And uh, they have great content, especially like social media marketing content, like how to stretch your song. And like you put out something, you don't want it to just be over. You know, you want to be able to like people to get something from it, to be talking about it, to like feel involved in the process. So I think with Atrix Social Media, we try to like do that, like bring people in when we're recording, talk, like have a podcast with the engineer so he can talk about why he chose the compressors that he chose and not 
then choose the other one. Like talk to the drummer about like what linear drumming is, like things that he concepts he's applied to the song. But you know, like like really deep dive into like how we make these layers to it, man. Yeah, and that's what you have to do. That's what you have to do because like people going. This is this is the most powerful thing in the world. This this thumb or this finger, you know, bloop, That's bloop, it, bloop. it's here, it's gone, you know. And so if you can't get people to like, and like, oh, okay, this is cool. I want to know more, and then click, go in and deep dive and learn more. I'm working so much, it's crazy. Like I just played last night. Uh, I sang at a reggae jam. At this place called Radio City, Valencia. And I'm growing in that community, growing in that scene. Like, I'm getting more work. So we have another... Next month, I have a week where I have an Atrix show on Thursday. I have a Bob Marley tribute on Friday covering a friend in, like, a disco band. So it's a nice singing, week, like, that's you, Yeah, so that's so next month. very tunes there, man. I've been, I've been so blessed, bro. Like, it's insane. Like, it's insane. Like, my life here, how it's... I'm just really lucky, man. I'm really lucky... To work with Super Music of the company that's been my agent slash manager, helping me find private gigs and like to be legal, you know, like being married and like to be able to legally work in Europe. Like that's a beautiful thing, you know, pay taxes. It's nice. Like it's really nice um, to be a tax paying, <laughs> legally working musician that is in demand and that is growing. And uh, it's, it's amazing. And long may they run, right? Right. <laughs> Forever. Forever. Where can we find you then on uh, social media? You you mentioned earlier, but give us another show. I'm an Instagram boy. Uh, so you can find me on Instagram, Adrian Black VA, or my band, A Trick, A Y T R I C K V L C for Valencia. A Trick VLC or Adrian Black VA on Instagram. Or if you want to listen to some music, I'm on Spotify and YouTube. You can just search the same names, A Trick or Adrian Black. And uh, thank you, Mr. Craig, man. This has been so much fun. And I don't know, Pleasure man. I, this, when you live so long, as you know, as an expat, you have mm. so many stories and he's like, it's just so much. So if you're listening, listening to this now and you're considering leaving whatever your home country is and becoming an expat just do it just try it for a little while you might hate it and you, it's very you are possible. a fish out of water let's put it that way I mean literally the days when you just think what am I doing here you know just self-doubt is just part of the process yes Yes, self-doubt, but I mean, the experiences that you have will change your life forever. Whether you like it or not, your life will be changed. Uh, impermanence is, is, is the only thing that's permanent. Everything changes. So if you're going to change anywhere, you might as well, you know, jumpstart on it. So Do it, man. Well, there's no regrets. I have no regrets, and I'm pretty right. sure you're in the same... Uh... No, After the I met my wife, man. My wife is dope. My wife is so dope. <laughs> so like, even if it was just that, you know, like meeting her and, you know, her story is great too, being a dancer and traveling all over the world, like dancing with these mega artists that she never thought she would have danced with living in Spain, but, you know, getting those opportunities when she moves to China. And then because of those opportunities, everything she's done in China, she comes back to Spain now and she's able to like give more, do more. She has a different perspective than everybody else that are her peers because she's been abroad and she's come back. I know what a show in front of 10,000, 20,000 people. Like, I know what you're going to have to dance. I know what that looks like. Yeah, you can go to these other teachers. They're cool, but never done that before. No. <laughs> I mean, in another country too, like even if they've done it here, you know, like doing it across the world. In China, you know, in Asia, it's different. You know, like the amount of people, you know how that is. Like South yeah. Korea is the same. Not the same, but it's in the same vein. It's like... It's that popular. But yeah, it is, it is nuts, right? It's, it's it does nuts. Take you, to take you a while to get head on, but it's all about being all embracing and just kind of rolling with 
rolling with the punches. If it gets the you down, way. just kind of get back up and get on with it again, man. Yeah, and uh, you've got a good and, network and, of friends around about you as well, whether they musicians yeah, or not. But you, you have everything buddies and people you can talk to, and it, it definitely helps, man. It's every that that part of the real it social everything. network, other than other ones, you know. Right, for sure, for sure. I don't know if we have a YouTube channel about that, right? But you know, I was going to ask you, Adrian, how about a top five? Do it. A uh, top five, so a musical top five. All right. A guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure? Kanye West. Kanye West all day. He's he's my, he's my. sometimes I'm embarrassed to say that he's my favorite artist, but I love it. <laughs> I love to say it because it's nobody like him. Nobody like him. I'll tell you what I don't get, because this kind of leads into the next question. That's fair enough. I mean, it's not, it's not the worst by any means. It's not for me to no. judge, but I'm not doing it as a kind of joke. I mean, that's plenty more I could say. That's Paramore, I have a few, uh, Linkin Park, you yeah, know, there's a few so where people good, be like, right? what? It's all good. But, uh, yeah, Kanye, I saw him play at Glastonbury. I don't know Ooh. when it was. It was recently, in the last three, four years, probably. Okay. But it was just him on the stage. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, man, that's, that doesn't really work for me. You know, I don't know. Right. I just, I just found that, I found it a bit monotonous and a bit kind of, there was right. just, it, it, it's all about him, right? That was the idea. Right. It's all about him. So I'm on the biggest stage on the planet at that time, this weekend, this is me. Here you go. Right. And I was kind of like, it's some okay tunes. You're like, all right. But then after a while, I'm waiting for the, the dynamism of a band to kind of take over or to kind of just to help, help bring it all back to life a bit more, you know, but it was, for it was sure. definitely all about him, you know, that was just one of them. Yeah. I mean, we're all that's why I think different strokes for different folks, right? That's you know? the reason. That's exactly. the reason right there. Those explanations, you know. So yeah. Tell us someone you don't get then, since I just mentioned mine then maybe or whatever. Somebody I don't get. Yeah, someone oh. you think's maybe a bit overrated or you're just listening to them and you oh, think Yeah, that's okay, they can they can play and all that, but I'm just like, nah, leaves me a bit cold, you know. Oh man. So my inner my inner pleaser is very upset with this question, by the way. Um <laughs> Because I, I try to be a, a pleaser at heart. Uh, somebody I don't get, I don't believe, don't get the hype. The hype. Sure, that's um, a good way of putting it, right? Yeah, for me, the hype, I don't get the hype about, oh, man, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I just don't get the hype about a lot of mumble rap, to be honest. Like a lot of the new rappers, uh, like trap style. I won't say any names specifically because mm -hmm. I you know I hope to work with some of these people one day. But sometimes I just don't get it. Like I'm just like, you know, there there there's been you know people that come out and say you know these put these rappers in their like top five rappers of all time, and I'm just like, what are you guys smoking? Because whatever it is, like please pass it to me. I want some because I just can't get down with the hype. I mean, some things just leave you cold, right? You're just, you know, right. I'm just not you into just don't it. get it. You're just, your head's a bit. But like, I mean, uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cop out not to say no names. Um, no, it's fine, man. It's all right. But, uh, genre, genre kind of specific. That works. Yeah. So it's just one specific. of those things like, you know, you can listen to something. I can listen to something, but literally we're listening to two different things, right? The way, right. The way the brain works. It's just like, nah. And then there's right. other things that you love and the other person's the opposite. And it's just like, I guess that's what makes us man. Another one is, uh, I'm not really in the reggaeton. I live in Spain now. And so like, you know, you turn on the radio, every other song is a reggaeton song. So that's another genre that I'm kind of just not into. Even understanding a little bit more of it, it's kind of chauvinistic and uh, and and kind of intense with the, with the sexual messages. I would say more. Right. I'm, a, I'm a very sensual person, not sexual. Sensual. Be both, man. I don't know you that well, Adrian. You hey, know? hey. You know who knows? But uh, <laughs> your reputation goes before you, sir. Right. Right. <laughs> so but yeah. So that's another genre that I just can't can't really 
Can't really. Uh, it's like the ugly stepchild of reggae. <laughs> Shots fired. That was a shot. That was a shot. Uh, favorite venue? A place you've played or you've seen a band? Either or. Or both. Whatever you like. I played a soccer stadium once. That was insane. Because <laughs> I just, just like having, I mean, just having people all the way around, you know, in this big, big arena type thing. But I mean, the sound was shit. So that, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily count. Um, it looks great though, right? It's kind of... Uh, yeah. I played it's got, MIDI. It's got the I aesthetic play- look to it. I played a, co- a couple of really cool festivals in, in Shenzhen, MIDI Festival and, Sh- and Strawberry Festival. And they really took great care of the artists, you know, like the, the backstage areas were like well equipped. And like, I mean, you knew your time, you knew when you were playing, the sound checks were super pro, like everybody was super professional, like merch and like they give you stuff, you know, and like lanyards and like hoodies and like all types of stuff. And it was just like, I felt like I felt important. Um, so that was the MIDI Festival and the Strawberry Festival. This like Olympic park that's made for basically like the Olympics. Like in China, they can just build stuff that's made for the Olympics that maybe they'll never use it for the Olympics, but that's what it's made for, you know? And so it's just like this incredible facility in Longong, Shenzhen, China. Nice. Uh, go to karaoke song. Hotel Makes California. It, oh, like the, the full version? Like the... On a dark with, desert highway. <laughs> the seven minutes and change version. Hair. Yeah, you, and, you and I'm, singing, I'm singing the whole solo. I'm singing it. I'm <laughs> singing it and air guitar. Yeah. In China, that song is another one, like Country Rose is super famous. Don't know why. Uh, super famous song. So I'm going Hotel California. That's not a bad choice, but I think I might to. be the first for Hotel California. Last question nice. for you. Tell us someone we should be listening to. Maybe uh, someone that's maybe not on our playlist, but you would recommend for us to check out. Great question. Who am I listening to right now? Uh, I just heard about this amazing reggae artist last night called Terrace Riley, T-A-R-R-U-S Riley. He has a great singing voice that I'm I'm into now. I, let me pull up my phone real quick, so because I wanted I want to do this right. This is a great question. If I was on somebody's list, I would want them to look me up. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. you know you've made it when people Google you, right? So that's the... right, right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's go with. Every year I make a, a new to me, a new to me playlist. Like somebody gives me a recommendation and I immediately add like their most recent project to my, this is new to me playlist. And so I just listen to that on repeat for a year. So I always get these like new artists that are really cool. New, new for me, Michael Kiwanuka. Michael oh yeah. Kiwanuka. I know him, yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. I just started listening to him. Yeah. He, he's awesome. Mesa Go as a singer from Virginia. That I just got into. Didn't know he was from Virginia. Found out later after I found out who he was. Giveon is another singer that's hot right now in the States. Uh, Leon Bridges, new album. Oh, yeah. Leon Bridges is great, man. Big. And I'm a big Silk Sonic fan uh, for anybody who hasn't heard that. And if you can speak Spanish and you're into music that is in Espanol, I'll go Nathy Peluso. She's hot. She just did it. I saw her in concert recently, which was incredible. And I, a guy that I started listening to today because he just passed away and I didn't listen to his music before because it doesn't, not, again, like I said, I'm not really into the like really heavy trap mumble rap, but mm. I mean, be, Young Dolph passed away and I started listening to his music today and him being a like 100% independent artist, I wasn't necessarily inspired by his music, but I got into his story and his story is incredible. Like he bought like every year he bought his children houses like uh, foreclosed houses for their birthdays. So now they own like over a hundred properties in Memphis and like that they'll have now for the rest of their lives. The things that he did with it, like his brand and like being an independent trap artist, like incredible. So young Dolph, check him out. And that would be, that would be my list for now. A hiatus coyote, the immaculate beings, PJ Morton. I mean, just so many, uh, summer Walker's new album, 
Fingers. That guy's great. He does all vocoder stuff. F-I-N-G-A-Z-Z. That's probably maybe my most favorite thing right now because I've been really into the vocoder sound. So And A-Trick, my bad. Check it out. <laughs> of course, man. Can't leave without that. Adrian, thanks a lot, man. Thanks for taking the Bro. time out your night. And uh, it's been an absolute my pleasure, man. All the pleasure. best for going forward, eh? My pleasure, Mr. Craig. Thank you to the Can't Find My Way Home family, podcast, all the other guests you had. Shouts to them. Shouts to Colin Fields. Shouts to Quaylen. And shouts to all the friends and anybody listening to us. Thank you so much. I'm lucky. If you're in Valencia, if you're in Spain, if you're in Europe, because we got Ryanair, you know, we got to <laughs> hang out. I can't wait to, like, come visit. I'm, if I'm in Germany, I'm going to hit you up because I got some friends. So, Let's or we can it, meet. Let's make or we can meet, we can meet in the Czech Republic. We can meet in Prague. There we go. We'll get Quaylen under the act as well. He can yeah, some Quaylen, Julio. So. Yeah, yeah, get the whole thing. Put the whole band together. <laughs> <laughs> right on. There could be quite a big after party. I have a feeling. For right. sure. <laughs> as right things on. open up, I'm definitely going to be touring Europe with the band. So, so it's going to be nice. follow Can't Find My Way Home on Instagram at Can't.FindMyWayHome on Facebook at Expat Music Pod and of course you can find us on Spotify Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your podcasts from, you'll find us there until the next one, this is Greg saying cheers <laughs> <laughs>